You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. My dad, uh, Eric Capaci, the pastor, he is out of town in Las Vegas, like many of you know, and he's just going to relax. And no, I'm just kidding. He's, uh, he's actually gone to preach for his brother, my uncle, and... Uh, it, trust me, it's not really a time of relaxation because at their church, they have five services each week. Just like we have a 9 a.m. and a 1045, it's the same service. Uh, they have five, and they, they have about 5,000 members, and the church only seats about 1,500. So when you have that problem, you have to have multiple services. So uh, they have one Saturday night, they have one three Sunday morning, and one Sunday night. It's pretty crazy. So he'll be uh, preaching quite a bit. So if you would, keep him in your prayers. Um, as he's preaching right now for probably the third or fourth time, uh, the same message. And I know that that can be uh, very difficult and, and wearisome. So uh, just be in prayer for him. Um, so what I did was I started, out our, um, I started out our bulletin or our notes, if you will, if you look in there, with a list of things that stress us out. And obviously we could have added things. Um, we could have, there's a million things we could put on this list. I just put a few. And what I want you to do is as you read through them and as I go through them, I want you to circle whatever is stressing you out today. Uh, maybe it's not something that at this moment is stressing you out, but it's something that you've stressed about before. And so as I go through these, I want you to circle and we'll come back to it at the end of the service. So first of all, I put down here family problems, Uh, fighting between parents, Um, fighting. uh, I know I'm the student pastor here. I know that there's quite a bit of uh, interesting relationships between kids and their parents, Um, fighting with siblings, uh, in-laws, all kinds of family issues. And and I thought this statistic was interesting because 70% of parents actually say that their stress doesn't bother their kids or they believe that. Uh, you know, 70% of parents say, oh, my stress doesn't bother my kids. But 84% of kids actually say that their parents' stress affects their way of life. And so just because you may think that your child or uh, the person in your life, you're not affecting them, 84% of children say that their parents' stress affects their life. Uh, I put on here school and work. Uh, those of you who are in college, you have, uh, you have things that stress you out, uh, studying or uh, homework, doing a paper, uh, those of you who work at different places, no matter where you work, it just seems like stress comes with the job. And I also put down here death of a loved one. Uh, you lose somebody special in your life, somebody that you love, and it's stressful. You don't have them here anymore to be there for you and things of that nature. I put down here relationships. Maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That can be a really stressful time of your life. A good time, but a stressful time. Trying to make them happy and You have friends' relationships and things of that nature that could go south. You have financial problems. Uh, I think I would say for most of us in here, at some point or some, you know, uh, to some extent, we have financial problems. There's issues that come up where we are just stressed out about where we're going to get the money to pay for that bill. That's why we don't give like we should, right? Because we're stressed out about our own problems that we're not going to sacrifice because we just don't believe that God can provide that for us. I put on here injury or illness of your own. Um, That can be a very stressful thing. Uh, You know, I haven't been through any major illnesses per se, but I know that 
you know, the small illnesses and things that I've been through, it can be a stressful time. And I know that uh, many of my loved ones and different people, I was just visiting my dad's mom, my Mimi, uh, on Thursday. And she was in the hospital and she was struggling with different issues and it's stressful. What up, well, I put on here what other people are thinking about you. I mean, this is a big one. I know especially for young people, but I think for everybody. Just fitting in, wanting to be a people pleaser. I mean, you're just stressed out like, I hope they like me, or I hope that I don't say anything that offends them, or it's just a stressful thing. We, we have a fear of failure in front of other people. Um, you know, I'm coming up here on stage with a few hundred people in the building, and I just, I have a fear that I hope I don't mess up, and I hope that I, I, I give something that will help somebody today. It's a, it's a fear that we have. What about new responsibilities? Maybe you volunteered for something and you said, I had no clue what I got into when I volunteered for this position. I put on here the future. Maybe it's our country's future. If you watch the news at all, uh, I think you would, you, you get pretty depressed pretty quick. There's not much good going on in the news. It just seems to be all kinds of bad stuff that people are sharing with you. And you're like, dude, I, this is scary. There's a lot of bad things going on and it seems like it ain't getting any better. Maybe you have stress about your future of your own life. You know, many young people, well, where am I going to go to college? Or I'm going, maybe I'm going to champion right now and I don't know if I'm going to transfer. Or maybe you're uh, worried about maybe if I'm going to get another job or will I get promoted? We're worried about our future. Worried about losing our job possibly. I put on here a stress of our kids' lives. This is one that I've struggled with and I'm new to this parenting thing. Not super new. I have a daughter who's four, but I got a daughter who's four and a, and a son who's one. And I'm looking out. Uh, you know, in life, I work with students a lot and I'm thinking, oh boy, I have my hands full. I hope I do the right thing. I hope I parent them correctly. I hope I do the right thing. I just want to be a good example and it's just stressful. It is. And many of you who are parents know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's body image. Maybe it's your weight you're stressed out about. And, or maybe it's the color of your skin. Maybe it's the looks or your hair or clothing or anything that has to do with your image. You're worried about, again, what people think about you. We're stressed. There's stress everywhere. If you don't believe that this is true, let me give you a few, uh, actually just a couple stress statistics. According to the American Institute of Stress, in the past year, 74% of people felt so stressed. They're not just stressed. They're so stressed that they have been overwhelmed and weren't even able to deal with uh, situations properly. They couldn't function the right way. And they admitted to this. 74% of people felt that stress. Not just stressed, but that stress. 94% of young people reported being stressed. 94% of 24 years and under said, I'm I'm stressed. There's a lot of stress. And if you don't believe me, if you were to Google how to relieve stress, 70 million results will return. 70 million. People are trying to figure this thing out. How do I get rid of this stress? It's ruining my life. I'm not living the right way. I'm I've got all these problems. It can even lead to physical problems. I'm stressed out of my mind. How do I fix this? How can I relieve this stress? Well, here's three truths about handling stress, and I'm going to go through these pretty briefly. And I have a lot of scripture to go along with it, so I hope that you'll pay attention. Most of this scripture is going to be on the screen. And when you see words in capital letters, I really want you to focus in on those words in the verses. So three truths about handling stress. First of all, Stress of all kinds is a natural part of life. Stress of all kinds is a natural part of life. You have to understand that you are not weird for being stressed out. 
Why do I say that? Well, let's look at Job 14.1. It says this, man who is born of a woman. Anybody here not born of a woman? Okay, I'm hoping you say no because that's another level of stress, okay? Uh, everybody in here is born of a woman, so let's see what we've got going. What, what about these people? Man who is born of a woman is few days and full of trouble. Few, I mean, that, I know it sounds kind of depressing, and I promise we'll get to a better part of the message later, but I mean, we're few days and we're full of trouble. It's interesting. I was doing some studying and I found out that Jesus himself actually became stressed as a human. If you don't believe me, let's look at Mark 14, 32 and 34 on the screen. It says this. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. So he took Peter, James and John with him. And look at this next part. He said, the Bible says that he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, he, he told his three guys, Peter, James, and John, he said this, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and he fell to the ground and he prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. In Luke, it actually says that Jesus was stressed to the point uh, that he was actually sweating blood. I've never been that stressed, but at this point, Jesus was carrying the sins of the world and he knew what was coming up and he was stressed. And we'll see how he deals with his stress in a little bit. So stress will come. This is in your notes and this is just something that I hope all of us understand right off the get-go. Stress will come, but how you deal with stress is up to you. That's where we, we can't stop the stress from coming, but we can deal with stress a certain way. A lot of people do it different ways. And we're going to talk about those in our number two. But let me give you a couple passages of scripture that just kind of confirms that we're all going to deal with stress. Psalms 56.3, if you look up on the screen, it says this. I never struggle with fear because I'm a Christian. Oh, wait, it doesn't say that? Because nowhere in the Bible does it say that you're not going to struggle with fear and because you're a Christian and you're not going to be stressed out because you're full of faith. In fact, what does Psalms 56.3 say? It says, when I am afraid. I'm going to put my trust in you. First Peter 4, 12 goes on to say this. Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trial, a.k.a. stress. Don't, don't be surprised when the fiery trial comes uh, upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. I mean, don't think, I wonder why this is happening. This is crazy. I'm trying to do the right thing. I go to church. I give. I do, why are these bad things? Why am I stressed? Come on, God. What you, it's not, I wonder why this is happening. It's it's going to happen. It's going to come. He says, don't be surprised at this. And I want you to look on in the, in the last part of this verse. It says, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So I want you to write this in your notes next to that. There are some things about God that can only be learned through suffering. There are some things about God that can only be learned through suffering. And I love this promise in the Bible that when we struggle, when we struggle with stress and we're suffering and we're going through tough times, I love the, pr the promise that God gives us that, man, we get to rejoice in the fact that we get to be more like Christ. We get to become more like him. So don't ask God to change the problem. Ask him to change you. Don't ask God to change the problem. Ask him to change you. Don't say, God, I can't believe that you're, you're letting this happen to me. I just want this problem to be over with. This illness, 
you need to heal this because I'm doing the right thing. I can't believe you'd do this. I can't believe you'd let uh, this person in my life pass away. I can't believe you'd do this and allow this to happen. I can't believe you'd let me to lose my job. Instead of saying, God, I want you to change this now, say, God, would you change me? What do you want me to learn? Because I understand that there are some things about God that can only be learned through these times. Which kind of leads us to our second point, which is this. Don't treat the symptoms of stress. Treat the cause of stress. Don't treat the symptoms of stress. Treat the cause of stress. So there is uh, two medicines that are pretty popular among fever reducing and pain relieving and things of that nature. I know these aren't the only two, but they're popular. You have Tylenol and you have ibuprofen, right? And those two medicines deal with a lot of the same symptoms. They'll, they'll help you with your fever. They'll help you with your headache. They'll help you with pain reducing in certain areas of your body, but they do it in two different ways. Tylenol tends to tell your body that, hey, this doesn't hurt you. It tends to tell, hey, I know there's pain there, but let me help you with that and just kind of get rid of it. We're not going to help the problem. We're not going to heal the cause, but we're just going to kind of help you out with the pain. Ibuprofen through anti-inflammatory medicines will allow us to actually help the actual cause of the problem. I'm not saying ibuprofen is the answer to all things, but what I'm saying is it does help the cause. It will help the inflammation where things are not going right as planned. So what am I telling us this morning? What am I asking you guys to consider? I want you to consider this. Quit giving your life Tylenol. Now, I don't mean actual Tylenol. and I mean, take Tylenol if you need to, whatever. It's fine. But what I'm talking about is I don't want you to start dealing with stress and dealing with your problems by just healing the symptoms. What are some of the things we do? Uh, I'm stressed out, so uh, I've done this before. Uh, I've been stressed out before, and I say, you know what, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to leave everything, and I'm just going to go forget everything, and I'm just going to do something else and try to get my mind off it. You're not helping the cause. You're, you're dealing with the symptom, but it's still there. That stress is going to come back. Some people, they, they try uh, getting drunk with alcohol. You know, I, I'm just struggling with this stress, so I'm going to uh, I'm gonna drink my sorrows away. Some people smoke. Some people do drugs. Some people simply just work extra hours and they put more stress on their body because they're already stressed. It's dealing with stress with more stress. They're not helping the cause. They're just healing the symptoms. I want you to consider these verses this morning. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Don't think you've got this on your own because you don't. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Look at John 14, 27. I love this verse. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. I love that. Not as the world, that, that peace that the world offers. No, 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 no. That's not what I offer. I offer something much better. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. The Bible actually talks about the peace that passes all understanding. People just, uh, I remember when my mom was going through her sickness and she was struggling with, uh, you know, her ulcerative colitis and it almost took her life three different times. And I remember seeing my mom at 80 uh, pounds and she was, uh, you know, had ulcers uh, coming out of her body and she was, I was watching her die. And I just thought to myself, how is she so joyful still? How does she have a peace about this whole thing? Most people would stress out and wonder why this is happening. It's, it's, a, it's a peace that passes understanding. It doesn't make sense. God gives a better peace. So what is the cause of stress? Okay, Mo, I get it. 
What's the cause? How, what, what do we need to help? The cause of stress is that we aren't dependent on Jesus. That's the cause of all of our stress is that we aren't dependent on Jesus. No, I don't think you fully understand. I'm stressed about this. I promise you, it all boils down to you are not dependent on Jesus. John 14, one says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Jesus says, believe also in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Just believe in God. Believe in me. I put this in your notes. This is, this is powerful. And, and honestly, I know it sounds a little bit harsh, but listen, we desperately need Jesus in our lives, whether you believe it or not. I just don't believe I need Jesus. I think I can handle it myself. Well, whether you believe it or not, you are desperate for Jesus. A life without Jesus Christ makes handling stress an impossible task. You will never, never succeed at getting rid of stress without Jesus Christ. Well, I just, I I think you're wrong about that. I've done some things that's helped with my stress. And again, symptoms, not the cause. Yeah, you can help with the symptoms. Oh, the world's got all kinds of things for you there. But dealing with the cause, Jesus is the only way to answer that task. You see, some of us in here are like, yeah, but but, I believe in Jesus. And I still stress. What's, the, what's, the, what's going on? You, see, you're wrong. Because even though I believe in Jesus, I'm still stressed. Well, here's the truth. And I know this sounds harsh. But do you really believe who Jesus is, who he says he is? Let me, let me explain what I mean there. If we believe that he owns everything, Jesus owns everything. We believe that he loves us. We believe that he cares for us. We believe that the promises that he makes to take care of us are true, we believe his word, and we believe that he can't break his promises, then why are we stressing about finances? Why are we stressing about family issues? If we believe that he's got it all under control, then why are we stressing? The truth is we don't believe who he says he is. Because Jesus in his word says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He says, I am your answer. I am your answer. So, Here's what I want to do. I'm going to read this passage of scripture in Matthew 6, 25 and 27. And I love the way that these verses put it. This is kind of humorous, if you will. Let's read this. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Okay, don't be anxious what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Isn't that life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet our heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can actually add a single hour to his lifespan? I love how he uses a bird. Because, you know, a bird is a little bit different than a lot of animals. A lot of animals actually, uh, they they store up food, and they, they, they try to make sure that that they do that type of thing. But birds, you see, they don't store food. Birds aren't worried about the next day. What they do is, uh, you know, I noticed I was mowing my lawn the other day and I got done mowing it and I I was looking out and I just saw a whole bunch of birds in the lawn and what were they doing? They were looking out, what what do I got for a day? You know, peck that one and get that worm. And I was watching, it was pretty cool, you know, whatever. And, you know, it's like National Geographic in my backyard. And, uh, you you know, got that one and they fly off. You see, birds aren't worried. They're not stressed. They don't worry about the things of this life. They just say, ah, God's going to provide. And I find it interesting that Jesus, when he prays and he tells us how to pray, he said, give us this day our yearly bread. 
Oh, wait, it doesn't say that. I'm sorry, I'm trying to trick you this morning. It, it doesn't say give us this day our yearly bread. It doesn't say I'm going to bless you immensely. It says give us this day our daily bread. Allow, allow God me to trust you. And, and I'm not saying don't stock your fridges, okay? Uh, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that there is a problem. And that problem is we aren't dependent on Jesus. And then the verse goes on to say, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow it's thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? I love how God uses the flower here. The flower, what does that represent? It represents something that doesn't plant itself. It doesn't offer itself water. It doesn't offer itself sunlight. It doesn't offer itself soil. It has nothing to do with how that flower exists. All it does and all it can do is just say, well, hopefully God provides the rain. Hopefully God provides the sunshine. And I'm not insinuating that flowers think things, okay? What I am saying is that the verse is trying to teach us here that flowers and birds, God, even though he looks upon them, don't you think if he looked upon them and takes care of them, don't you think he would take care of you? That's where the song, if, the, if his eye is on the sparrow, then I know he's watching me. I love that song. Let's look at what this verse finishes off with. It says, so look, guys, that being said, I gave you two illustrations. Don't worry saying, what shall I eat? Or what shall I drink? Or, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run to all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And then it says this, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then all these things will be given to you as well. It's not just the fact that he's going to take care of your needs physically, but what I found through personal testimony is that he actually gives love. He gives joy. He gives peace. He gives long-suffering. He gives you patience. He gives you these things that people would pay all kinds of money to actually have if you'll just seek his kingdom first. And that brings me to my last point, number three. The key to relieving stress is to do your best and give God the rest. Number one, I said, hey, listen, stress of all kinds is a natural part of life. Number two, I said, we got to quit treating the symptoms of stress. We got to treat the cause of stress. And lastly, we need to realize that the key to relieving stress is to do your best and give God the rest. Let's look at two passages real quick. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says this, whatever your hand finds to do, Whatever, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol, which is basically when you're dead and in the grave, to which you are going. It's basically saying, hey, look, YOLO, you live once. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. But then in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says this. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And so it got me thinking, man, so should I try to do things with my might or, or do I throw it all on God and wait for something to happen? Do I say, all right, let me try this thing out. Uh, God, here's all my problems, you know, and we just skip off and have a fun time and see, uh, you know, I know I got to pay bills. Let me quit my job and go hang out and God's going to take care of it because I prayed earlier today. Okay, that's that's not what God's talking about. He's not talking about, oh, I got to study for a test. Uh, you know, well, you know what? I prayed about it, so I'm not even going to look at the book. I'm just going to go ahead and just wing it because God's going to take care of me. 
there is some rules and some balance to this thing. I put this down, and this is the key to the key. It's okay to carry responsibility. Just give the weight to God. It's okay to carry responsibility. Just give the weight to God. Now, what do I mean by that? Jesus, many of you know, fed 5,000 men. Some scholars say up to 20,000 people in this particular event. And if you believe that Jesus is omnipotent and he's all-powerful and he can do anything, then you would believe that Jesus could have very easily just snapped his fingers and made food appear from everybody and for everybody. It would have been easy. And honestly, that would have been pretty impressive. If he just snapped his finger and, you know, he'd already made it rain manna early in the Old Testament. So, I mean, this would be pretty easy for him. It's not like it would have been harder. But what did Jesus do? Jesus says, no, there's somebody here who has something for me. The little lad gave all that he had. He said, Jesus, look, I'm hungry. I'm a growing boy, but I'll give it to you. I'll get what I've got. I'll give what I've got for you. And because I know you're going to do much more than I can. And through that gift, God was able to bless thousands of people. You know, we were, it's interesting, we were just given a testimony for the capital campaign. And some people, it's kind of like, you know, why are we doing these, you know, remodels? And I'm not saying that anybody in here is even thinking that. I'm just saying it would probably be a thought that might cross some people's minds. Do you know that, you know, maybe a clean bathroom, even though it may shouldn't be a problem for some unsafe people, it might be a problem. There might be issues with somebody who doesn't know Christ and doesn't just say, I'm going to go to church whether I like it or not. And whether... There is some benefits to doing these types of things. And your small gift, if you give it to Jesus, could benefit others. Thousands of people to come after what you've already given. I put this down. God doesn't need our help. He wants to be our help. God doesn't need our help. He wants to be our help. He doesn't just need us. He doesn't say, man, if that lad didn't give me those five loaves and two fish, I couldn't have done what I did. I mean... Let's be honest. Jesus could have done whatever he wanted, but he wants to be our help. He said, I am going to increase this kid's faith. You think the next time Jesus asked that kid for something, he had any problem giving it to him? I don't think so. It's like, dude, here, you know, you're going to make it more. I mean, why not? You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. Whether it's your money or your time or your life, you just can't. You just can't do it. Psalms 121, 1 through 8 says this. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. I I love this portion of the scripture. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. So here's my last point. Whenever you, or excuse me, wherever you are in life right now, wherever you are right now in life, let God be your help. Wherever you are right now in life, let God be your help. Now, I have a illustration that I'd like to bring to you. And this illustration was not something that I personally came up with. I saw it done before, and it really helped me with understanding what my job is and what I've actually got to do. And I brought, I was bringing these bags in uh, to church and some people were like, man, you get kicked out of the house. I am still living with Seuss and the kids. It's all good. These bags are empty. 
except for this one, because this is my actual backpack that I carry with me everywhere. And uh, the reason they're empty is because I'm just not actually strong enough to carry all these. So um, here's the illustration that I want to give, and we'll kind of close with this. So let's kind of look here and, all right, let's play an analogy like these bags are burdens, okay? These are the things that we stress out on. So this right here, think about the things you circled, right? This is the family problems. You're having issues with your spouse. You're having issues with your kids. It's a pretty big burden. It's a heavy burden. Uh, Then you pick up another burden and you you volunteered for something and you just had no clue that it was going to be that much work, but you... You do it anyways, and then you actually, you know, you start working on school or you're working on, you know, some people I know working on their master's even with another job, and they've got to do all this extra things. It's a lot of work, and we carry this, and, and then we end up actually having a relationship problem with a friend that's been our friend for a while, and, and, and we, 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 that's just another added stress. And, and then we actually end up, oh, we... we we grab another thing because we just, we stress about things that probably don't even need to be stressed about. And, oh, we can't forget, we've got, oh man, we've got another, we've got a financial situation that just popped up. An emergency thing happened, the transmission in the car went out, and that's tough. Uh, some parents would understand this one, you've got the, the kids. Okay, kids are stressful, I'm figuring that out very quickly. Okay, I figured that out after about a day, okay? So, kids can be real stressful, right? They're a blessing, but they're stressful. And you carry that stress, and then... To put it all on top, you got this one, and you're trying to carry all these things. It'd be pretty difficult if these were actually heavy. I mean, I've tried to carry things in an airport, but I'm going to be honest, I ain't carrying this many bags that are full. And it gets really hard because we live life carrying all these things. And we think to ourselves, well, just get rid of them. Remember, so many of us, we don't treat the cause, we just treat the symptoms. And what we do is we just kind of hold on to them and we say, you know what? I'm just going to stress because I want to. And I'm ignorant and I'm going to just do this thing because I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in these things. I don't believe he is who he says he is. And, and we carry these things on us. And God says, Mo, all you got to do is give me these burdens. You just drop them all off at my feet. Cast all your anxieties on me. And he says, I've got a much smaller wait for you. And he gives us his word. He gives us his word. You see, in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says this, but then Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary and all of you who carry a heavy burden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and I'm gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. And listen to this. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. You see, God does give you something to do. There is action that needs to be done. And that is to say, you know what? I'm going to give God my burdens. And I'm going to take this burden because God's burden is light. And we start getting into his word. And look what the Bible says in Joshua 1.8 happens when we start getting into his word. The Bible says this in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful and listen to this next part to do according to all that is written in it. Do the Bible. Don't just read it. Do it. 
What happens if you do that? For then you're going to make your way prosperous and you're going to have good success. This is a promise of God's word. And as the worship team comes up and as we kind of close with an invitation time, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this simple question. What is it in your life that you're carrying? What burdens are you carrying this morning? There's no doubt in a room this size. I'm just being honest. Either we got a whole bunch of people who are uh, lying to themselves about where they're at in life, or we have some people who are going to be honest and say, you know what? There are some things that are stressing me out. Maybe there's a family situation. Maybe there's a financial situation. Maybe you don't know how you're going to pay your next bill, or you don't know how you're going to pay your college bill, or you don't know how you're going to do certain things. You're nervous about your children. You're nervous about what's going on in their lives. You see them doing something and you're kind of worried and you're saying, I hope he doesn't go that direction. Maybe they already have gone a certain direction and you're worried that they're going to keep going further and further away from God. All God says is, Mo, get into my word day and night. And I start reading his word and I start saying, man, this is good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And I read through it and oh man, I'm, I'm going to do that. And, and then I, I see eventually that things start to happen. I start to get a joy. I start to get a peace. I start to get, I start to get a love for people that I never had before. I start to get patience with people. I, I just, I start really, I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to try this a little bit more. And I, I, I get into his word more and I, and the more I get into his word, it just seems like the, the better things are going. And it's not that uh, problems aren't coming, but, but there's just, we know how to handle the problems and we're learning through our problems and we're just getting through his word and we can't get out of it. The Bible says, don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Do what it says. See, the only burden God gives us is he says, do my word. Meditate on it. You know, uh, I honestly feel as if somebody in this room would take me up on this. I'm going to take myself up on it. I'm going to get in his word more often. I'm going to say, you know what? As a time of invitation, God may put on your heart to come forward and, and not obviously physically, but you're going to give the burdens that God has, has allowed to come into your life and you are going to put those burdens at his feet up here. Maybe you would do it at your seat. Maybe you don't want to come up and that's fine. But wherever you are in life, I want you to think, I'm going to give God, my, I'm going to take my up on it. I'm going to give my burdens to God. But it's not just about giving your burdens to God and running away. It's that I'm going to take this burden that he gives me because I know this is easy. He says it's light. And we read it and we get into it. You know what? I don't, have, I don't, I don't think we're going to have a problem with covering that $50,000 deficit in our budget right now. I don't think we're going to have a problem raising an extra $100,000 for this capital campaign. I don't think we're going to have a problem with, I mean, I, I see revival coming. If we get this simple truth, I see people coming to church with a, an understanding of, man, I've got I've to greet people. I've got to have joy. I, I'm just, I'm getting so much. I've got to share this with somebody. And you're going around and we're going to have a different church. Church won't be the same. We're going to say, what's going on? And, and all it is, is we're just saying, here's my burden. This is the best. This life is amazing. Thank you for taking my burdens on the cross and caring for me and dying for me. And now you've given me your word and I'm going to read it and do it. So this morning, I've been brief. I don't want you to think that this is something that I'm not struggling with because I promise you, dealing with, I have multiple jobs, okay? I, I deal with stress all the time. I coach basketball. I coach golf. I teach science classes for the school. I youth pastor. I do a lot of extra things to the church, and I'm not saying that to boast myself up. I'm just saying there's stressful times, okay? 
and I struggle with it. Financially, it's unbelievable. If you were to ask Seuss, probably what's my weakest point, it's just, I'm worried. I'm worried. Just like Jeff said, I mean, I know he's going to come through, but, woo. And God says, you're not a slave to fear, Mo. Why are you worried about this thing? You're, you're my child. I own everything. Don't you believe that? Don't you believe that I'm here for you and that I love you and I care for you and I'm going to take care of you? I can't break my promises. Will you take him at his word? That's my challenge for you this morning. And I pray, I pray that somebody in this building would come up with me and just say, man, Mo, you're right. I'm going to acknowledge I got issues and I'm just going to give them to God and I'm going to hold on to his word. This is an easy burden to carry. This is an easy and light one. Let's do it together as a church. It's going to be so sweet to see how amazing our church grows. I'm telling you, it'll change this church's whole perspective. If we hold to his word and say, this is all I'm not carrying this other stuff. I'm I'm going to carry this. This is easy. Let's pray. Father, thank you.